Hello and welcome to Behind the Sounds. I'm here today with the wonderful Madison Kozak. Welcome, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm wonderful, thank you for having me. Good, thank you so much for being here. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, back in Canada for the holidays, um, how is it there? Obviously you're in quarantine, um, are you looking forward to being home for the holidays? Yes, I am. I'm just grateful that I get to come home no matter what the circumstances, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for for a little bit extra time with my family. And of course, Christmas is going to look different this year. I'm one of eight kids. And so with all of their like, separate families, we probably won't all be able to get together. But mm -hmm. just to be in the same country, same province as my family is a, is a good feeling. And I'm excited to take in some of the Canadian winter wonderland here and um, just wrap up this year close to my family, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's nice. And a lot of people can't do that. So I... I sure it's a really great thing for you um talking yeah. of Canada I wanted to start with kind of growing up you're one of eight obviously you just said what was it like were you in like a musical family growing up what was it like there yeah I think in our own way we were um I was born and raised in a small town about two hours northeast of Toronto so it was far from a city um but we didn't always have like eight in the house at one time because obviously mm -hmm. there's some major age gaps there, but it was kind of fun the way like my older siblings would, you know, they were just as like much my parents sometimes too. It was like we all look out for each other. Um, my dad is the musical one really. He's the one who played guitar and um, would listen to all the country greats while he was washing cars on Sundays or when he was cooking dinner, he would have like country radio on in the background or he always loved any artist that sang on the Grand Ole Opry. So that's how I got to appreciate all of these country legends and, and where country music started from is definitely from my dad. On the other side of things, my mom was like a big uh, Motown and Michael Jackson fan. She listened to a lot of soul music like that. Um, and so very to different you know styles of music but I think they both for sure had an influence on me yeah and you say obviously listening to the opera and things was it classic country that you fell in love with who were kind of your influences oh, from a young age totally totally my first concert was Loretta Lynn I think I was 10 years old and my dad surprised me one day after school I think it was near my spring break and he had come home and got two tickets off of eBay to go see Loretta Lynn in Georgia and uh, we took this weekend trip to go see her concert. I waited outside her bus for hours because what else were we going to do in Georgia, I guess. We went to eat at Waffle House and then, um, and then stood outside her bus forever. And my dad's like, are you sure you don't want to go around, look at, you know, the shops or things? I was like, no, I want to stand here and I want to <laughs> meet her. She's got to come out of this bus eventually. Well, I swear everyone came out of that bus except for her. It was like <laughs> her band leaders, you know her daughters, her uh, band musicians, and we got to know, you know, the people there over that course of time, and, and eventually I got like a signed autograph from her that they went inside the bus and got for me, and that stuff sticks with you, you know, mm -hmm. like that was enough to light my fire, and, you know, after seeing that concert, and of course seeing every country artist that came through my town it's just what you pick up on and I became obsessed with it it definitely wasn't the coolest thing to be doing I feel like at the time but I didn't care like even if nobody at my school knew who Loretta Lynn was I 
I studied her music and I just, I had this crazy fandom for that style of music and just wanted to pursue it. Yeah, amazing. And was there a, a particular time, obviously you said that concert, but was there a time where you were like, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. Was there ever a moment you were like, this is the plan? Yeah, funny enough, um, I think it was the following summer, about a year and a half into like actually starting to sing. I, I had done figure skating, I had done dance, so I was, you know, familiar with that feeling of being in the light, and I think being the seventh of eight kids, I kind of loved it. <laughs> like, you know, I wanted that limelight, that time there, and um, my dad, about a year and a half into learning to sing, and I guess getting on stage is familiar with that feeling, my dad entered me in this contest to perform at the Havelock Jamboree, which is one of Ontario's largest country music festivals at the time. Still is today. And um, hundreds of people, you know, from, from our province and maybe even across Canada would enter into this contest. I didn't even know what it was. I guess my dad just found it online. Mm -hmm. And without telling me, entered me into this contest. And then one day in the summer, you know, printed off my submission and, I like went into my bedroom and saw that I had been accepted into this talent contest. And at first I was so mad at him. I was like, what did you do? Like, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. And he's like, you can do it. I believe in you. And so we get a little band together. And I think I sang, you know, a couple Loretta Lynn songs or something like that. And, and sure enough, like at 10 years old, I, I won this crazy contest and got to perform I think it was like 30 minutes or maybe even less, 15 minutes on this main stage, you know? And I think that year, like Travis Tritt was performing. Um, they had some really big heavy hitters on this, on this stage. And I think my whole family was kind of thrown when I just walked up on the stage and like made it my own. Like it was like my living room. And I sat there for hours and signed autographs in the line and, and I think that was the moment where I was like, oh, like, I love this, this adrenaline rush, this feeling of connecting with people. You know, there, there are other kids coming up and, and listening, or I'm getting to meet them and sign a CD for them or getting to hear their story. But there's, there's parents, there's grandparents, and it's like there's no age, you know, category mm -hmm. as to how music can touch people. And so I think that really showed me how how special that was and how much I really wanted to pursue it. Yeah. And was it always Nashville? Was that the goal? Did you always know you'd think oh, you'd yeah. end up there? Yeah, I was always Nashville. I was like you, like a country music nerd and watched every documentary, you know, every behind the scenes thing, every interview I could. And the, the common thread between all of my hero stories was Nashville. It's just where people went. For, for this style of music. And so I slowly started to make trips, beg my parents on any school break I had, like, can we please go to Nashville? And, and it just starts the snowball effect. You meet one person and they introduce you to the next person. And the community is really like kind like that and gracious where it's like, we're all in this together, you know? And, and so the snowball effect took on and eventually um, I moved to Nashville when I was 14 and things just started rolling from there. Yeah, and you were that's a really young age to move. Did your parents come with you? How how did it take convincing oh. them to get you to move at that age? Yeah, honestly, now I look back and I'm like, how did I do that? I, I meet a 14-year-old and I'm like, gosh, I was your age when, when I did that. Um, 
But like I said, like my family was in full support of this. It, it was a whole family affair. Like, you know, my brother had just as much fun, you know, riding in, in the backseat of the van to go to the shows with me as I did singing on stage. And, and my parents had just as much fun, you know, sitting in the audience as I did, you know, on stage. So yeah, it was, it was a family affair. My parents at the time obviously couldn't both be there because our life is in Canada. So they would take turns and we worked through it. I, um, I eventually found my way to Belmont University and then just lived in the dorms and, and worked my way from there. <laughs> yeah. And obviously it's paid off. Um, so starting at, at Belmont, the song that kind of started it all, which obviously you wrote when you were at Belmont and it happened was, was first last name. I, I want to talk so much about that song. Um, as you know, we had Claire Douglas, one of the co-writers um, on the show, and she spoke about what an experience it was to write that song. Um, can, you, can you tell us a little bit about that before we delve more into kind of how it became the, the massive hit that it is? How did that song come about? Yeah, so I think I was in my freshman year, my first year at Belmont University, which is, for those of you who don't know who are listening, it's a um, well-known, I would say mostly known for its music program school. Uh, of course, they have other programs there, but it's right off the end of Music Row, so it's in the heart of Nashville, mm -hmm. and um, lots of musicians have attended that school, and even on the other side of things behind the curtain, like managers or record label executives or agents, like go to that school and you can study music business there. And my parents both come from a business background. So when it came to going to college, there was n no way I was going to get to fully go like into an artistic program. I knew yeah. that they wanted me to have some sort of grounded like business level of learning. Mm -hmm. And so I found this program and I was like, okay, cool. That seems like a good middle ground. You know, it's, it's music, but it's also music business and I'll be able to learn something there. And so I was in my freshman year at Belmont when, um, when I was introduced to someone at BMI uh, which represents songwriters in Nashville and helps get them paid. Um, I was introduced to someone there who knew Claire as an up-and-coming writer, and as was I. And so she was like, you should write with this girl named Claire Douglas. She's also new to town. Well, not new because she was born and raised in Nashville, but she's new to Music Row. Um, and I think you guys would really hit it off. And so we got coffee, I think, one day at Barista Parlor and... We were just sharing our stories with each other. And I think we were both kind of taken like, aback by how similar our stories were, both that we had these strong father figures who had this massive love for country music. Obviously, her dad's in a very different category than mine when it comes to playing music. <laughs> My dad maybe knows three or four chords. Her dad is like a you know, very highly acclimated, award-winning songwriter, <laughs> Tom Douglas, who we all know and love. Um, but we just hit it off and we thought, okay, let's like try writing some songs together. And so at, at the beginning, it would just be her and I, you know, in her little 12 South apartment or house. And we would just go write these songs together. And at the time I had also started writing with this uh, songwriter named James Slater, who had some huge hits that I grew up listening to, um, like in my daughter's eyes for Martina McBride and some Tim McGraw cuts. And I had gone to songwriters rounds as like a 16 year old and saw him play. And I was like, Oh, this guy is an entertainer. He is so fun and such a great writer. I'd love to work with him someday. And I started to write with James through our other friend, uh, Kylie Morgan, who's also a new artist. All this to say, 
I was writing with Claire one day and I was like, hey, we should, we should try writing with James Slater. I've started to write with him. And she's like, James, I know James. Like my dad's known him for years, never written with him, but like, yeah, that could be fun. And so the three of us got together. Uh, it always had to be after, um, after dinner because I would have classes during the day. Mm-hmm. And so we got together one evening on Music Row and uh, started sharing stories. And, and the, I think we were coming up on Father's Day. I have to go back and listen to what Claire said in, in the previous <laughs> podcast. I can't remember exactly, but now I really want to after this um, and hear her side of it. But we were coming up on Father's Day and I didn't have a Father's Day gift and living, you know, 14 hours away from home, I was like, I got to get creative, you know, like I'm on a <laughs> yeah. college girl budget and I can't be FedEx and dad chocolates like, <laughs> like I want to. And so I was like, what if we wrote a dad song? And Claire's like, oh, hundred percent. I got like, yes, we can do that. No problem. And, and that's where this idea started coming from. Yeah. And did you ever imagine that it would become the song it is? No, no, not at all. At the time, like I said, I totally thought it was just like a personal thing that, oh, I'm going to have this sweet song to share with my dad for Father's Day. And I think Claire kind of thought the same. I think if any of us, like James kind of thought like, oh, there's some potential here because he's mm-hmm. smart. He's done this before. Um, but we were just set on writing the most heartfelt, you know, ballad that we could to honor our dads. And, um, and that's what we strive to do. And I guess we did that and more somehow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So at, the, at this point, when you're writing these, these songs, wh- what was your goal? Was it, I'm going to be an artist. These are going to be my songs. I'm going to release mm. them. Or was it, I'm going to just write and see where it takes me, whether they're for other artists or for me. Yeah. I think that time was a really confusing time for me at Belmont because I'm studying music business law. So I'm like, okay, in the back of my mind, if I can't pursue an artist thing, if that doesn't happen for me, I can always be a lawyer, but I don't really want to be able to like entertainment <laughs> lawyer. But then I'm starting to write these songs and I've never been so into writing in my life. So I'm like, maybe I'll just be a songwriter for other people. And yet I'm writing these songs that are so personal to me that I'm like, how is anyone else going to want to sing these? And I've always considered myself an artist because like the stage has been my home and I just love connecting with music fans so much. And that's the direct portal to doing that. So I think I was a bit confused, but this song really helped like narrow my direction. After this song um, was written, I started sharing it at Belmont on these like um, songwriter critique nights and I would share this song and like the same reaction kept coming out of like oh my gosh like this is beautiful and I was like oh thank you and they're like no like this is really beautiful like do you want to come meet at my office and I'm like oh shoot okay and then you know one one day I'm just like in class in statistics or <laughs> like third year writing and the next I'm like taking meetings at all these publishing companies that I've like passed on music row every single day that I've been trying to get into for so long and here like all I had to do was just write what was in my heart so I think that was really affirming to me as both a songwriter and an artist yeah and obviously it paid off as, as we said so you signed with with Big Loud Publishing and then from that um their kind of extra project was Nicole Galleon Songs and Daughters which I'm so excited to talk to you about because it's such an amazing project an amazing uh, company mm. 
you were kind of the flagship artist for this. Um, Nicole wanted to a female-run publishing company, a female-led. It all kind of started, and that song, everything about it, w- was the focus of it. So, what was that like to be to be not just a part of that, but a really big part of that? Kind of be the main artist and the main song to to start mm. this amazing venture. Yeah, I mean. There's really no other way to describe it than just like an absolute honor. You know, people like Nicole, those are the songwriters that her specifically that I I, I um, was introduced to Nashville with. Like I would go to songwriters rounds and, and try to f- like familiarize myself with all my, you know, the credits behind my favorite songs. And I open that like Miranda Lambert album or the Lady Annabellum record and see like her name in, mm-hmm. in the album liners. And so I would just go out and watch her play and try to Google like what other songs she was writing and became such a fan. Um, even, you know, as she was an up and comer before she had all these hits, I knew who she was. And, and now to, you know, be her first signing was, um, was a really big deal for me. I, it was such a pinch me moment. I remember thinking like, is this really my life? Like it's, it's so hard to believe it. But then you think back to all of the little steps that got you there and you're like, no, there's a reason, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the song obviously is about your dad and the company is called Songs and Daughters. Was it really full circle mm-hmm. to have that song oh. be there at that point? Totally that was like the deciding factor for me. Like I, I remember being all uptight about it being like, am I, there, here's other labels that are coming in and showing interest. Like, is this the direction I want to go? And when I heard her sto- whole story behind this label, it for sure wrote me in and I was like, this is a sign. I got to take this. Um, you know, it's felt like a one in a million chance and a really cool, uh, unique lane to jump into with, you know, a songwriter leading the label. I think that's a really cool, unique perspective to have. Not only all labels have that. And mm-hmm. um, I think it sets Songs and Daughters apart for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and working with Nicole, obviously she's a legend, you know, she's written tons of amazing songs. Was it intimidating going in? Like, how did you play it? Do you play it cool? <laughs> Do you oh be nervous? God. How did it happen? A thousand percent intimidation factor. <laughs> like, to this day, we, we've written um, a few times, but it's it's like, I don't think I've necessarily told her this, but it's difficult for me to like get in the room with my heroes and write like I normally would because I'm just thinking about all oh, like, oh my gosh, like you've written so many of my favorite songs and like I'm trying to show up like, you know, like that person would. And it's, it's I try not to let it affect me, but how can it not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some intimidation there at the beginning, but, but now I think, you know, we're so close that we've, we know each other's like what makes us tick. And, um, I think we just know we have this, like the utmost respect for each other's talent and gifts. And, um, we know whichever, uh, combinations are going to work is to write like my best song, whether it's, you know, writing with Nicole as often as possible or letting me go off and write with other, you know, combinations of writers. There's no solid way to do it. It's just like, whatever's going to click. And I'm grateful to have that freedom and support from her and just have her like stamp of approval or her championship 
you know, means a lot to me. So I'm, I'm grateful. It makes me feel like I have my like feet on solid ground for sure. Yeah, for sure. And from kind of one iconic woman of country to, to a lot more. And um, one of the things, obviously you've done a lot in the past few years, but one of the things you've got to be a part of um, earlier this year was, was the CMT Next Women, women of Country tour mm-hmm. um, with Tanya Tucker, uh, Brandy Clark, so many amazing artists, fellow Songs and Daughters uh, signing Hayley Witters. What was that like to be not only a part of it, but to be recognised as one of these kind of up and coming mm. females because it's such a huge conversation now uh, in mm-hmm. country music and it's such an iconic tour it's becoming so what was that like yeah it's it's iconic and it's important for a really good reason i think it made total sense to me to just support that group of women because when i think back to the artists that inspired me to start singing country music it's like women Mm-hmm. hands down. It's Loretta yeah. Lynn, it's Dolly Parton, it's Shania Twain, you know, it's it's Faith Hill, it's Taylor Swift, the Dixie Chicks, and, uh, you know, Casey and Marin, and so many of my favorite artists are women, majority mm-hmm. of them, and songwriters as well. A uh, big fan of Lori McKenna and Nicole and Natalie Hemby, and I just find it so compelling what women have to say, and, um, the level of like uniqueness we have to have to to be up there on the scoreboard Mm with you know even with the males is um is high so I think we all bring our a-game when we show up to this town to Nashville and so I was completely honored to be a part of that group uh did I feel worthy probably not (laughs) but I was excited to be there and um getting to go out on that Tanya tour especially earlier on this year right before the shutdown man I just I count that as a blessing all the time how lucky I am to have had that as a part of my 2020 um I think I would have been a lot more sad had that not happened I'm I'm grateful that I have those highlights to look back on at the beginning of this year Tanya's a legend that was so cool to learn from her every night for sure yeah and again is it like intimidating because you are up there with legends and obviously you and a lot of the other artists are in in the same kind of boat you're up and coming you're new but then you have to Mm. kind of work alongside people like Tanya Tucker on a daily basis do you how do you go about that you know I try to bring my best foot I try to bring a level of just true like I, I'm so grateful to be here. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the first thing on my mind when I show up in a room like that. Like wow, can't believe I'm here. This is amazing. Thankful just to be in their presence, considered in the same lineup as them. And then it's like I remind myself that they all felt the same thing. You know, Tanya might not feel that anymore, but I'm sure when she was 14 singing Delta Dawn up against all of her heroes, she had that same feeling of you know, nerves and like, do I belong here? And it's like, if we don't own that feeling, then we're not going to like move forward. So I think there's, you know, it's so brave of us to just show up and be like, okay, yeah, I'm scared out of my boots. I'm terrified. I don't necessarily feel like I belong here, but there's a reason I am here and I got to show up. Um, I got to show up for everyone else and I got to show up for myself because it's been a long road to get here. And, and so I applaud all of the women in, in my class and all of the classes before and after me because it's just like 
you know, we're, we're here doing the thing and we all have a similar seed where we started from like this inspiration of music in our little town. Um, mm -hmm. and it drove us all the way to Nashville and chasing this dream. So I'm just excited to be in that lineup. Yeah, and very well deserved, I have to say. Uh, such an incredible lineup this year and such an iconic tour. Um, I want to I wanna dive into, you've had quite a few singles over the last year or so, and I want to dive into them a little bit more. Um, I love hearing the stories behind the songs. Um, one of them in particular, which was one of my anthems this past year, Oh My God, I Love You. Um, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about the story behind that song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was also uh, Claire and I together, as well as um, a writer-producer we both love named Mark Tressel. And that was just a, a random day. I think I was in between uh, tours, or I hadn't started touring yet. And um, I was a few months into a new relationship, kind of my first serious relationship. And just all the feelings of that. Claire and I were in a similar spot where we were just in like really cool, fun, flirty, you know, spots in our romantic life where we're like, oh, I just want to write about this. I feel so inspired. And, uh, you know, being in, in Nashville, you go to a lot of like events and um, parties and things like that downtown. And so I think I had recently gone to one with my boyfriend, who's also an artist writer and had this feeling of like, okay, this is fun, but like, we should just get out of here because I would have more fun if we just went somewhere else and could actually talk. <laughs> And I remember like ditching the party and we just like went somewhere downtown and like got hot chocolate at like 11 o'clock and like chicken fingers and fries and just talked. And I think that week, that's when I brought in uh, this idea of kind of writing something along the lines of that with that story in mind. And Claire just started riffing off this OMG thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, this is how it's going to work. Hate this party, but oh my God, I love you. Boom, we got it. Let's go. And Mark's over there making the track sound awesome. And we were just dancing the whole time. We didn't like know if it was going to get released or anything like that, but we just knew that we had so much fun writing it and dancing to it that it felt special to us. Yeah. And is there a difference? Obviously you write kind of like first last name, which is such a heartfelt and emotional song. And then you go and write this like anthem that you can dance along to. Is there a difference in when you're actually in the writing process, you think mm. like, is there a preferred kind of style that you like or do you just like whatever sounds good that day? Man, I would say that I'm just a super like introspective for the most part. Like I love to write songs that are personal to me, which works for some people. And then other people are like, no, no, you got to like write what works for everybody because you got to write what people want to hear. And for me, it's like, I know what I want to listen to. And I think the people that listen to my music can relate to what I'm feeling anyway. So why not write what's true to me? Um, and so every day I have to, like, of course I can fill in some gaps here and make up some storylines. Uh, not every single thing is going to be a thousand percent true to my, my being and my story. But um, that's just get, what gets me the most excited and inspired is true stories. And so whether that's um, a heartfelt song to my dad or a flirty, fun, um, you know, kind of party song to my boyfriend, it's like they say two very different things, but they mm -hmm. come from the same place. Um, and I think in 2021, it's going to be a lot of me trying to marry those in a way that is like kind of a little bit more... Uh, 
I guess, cohesive to a random listener. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. I understand that can be difficult to like hear the two like lines in between those. But um, yeah, I'm excited to dive deeper into connecting those dots next year in my next batch of music for sure. Yeah, amazing. And obviously, we were talking about kind of singing upbeat party songs and then to go into kind of the more ballad side of things one of um, my personal favorites of yours is household um obviously you've spoken a lot about family and things um where did the kind of inspiration from that come from obviously moving young you as you say in the song you know there's only one one place that you can call home so what what was that like writing that song and putting that out in the world mm. That's definitely one of my favorites too. I'm a sucker for like the heartfelt ones. Like I said, um, things that ring true to me. And I think as a result, ring true to other people um, are my favorite. Uh, But I mean, I'm, I'm from a big family. So family matters a lot to me and, and we all might live far apart, but like holidays, we're always together and always go out of our way to, to, um, to just come together. And so writing that song felt really natural. I, I feel like I have a extensive log of like family story songs that I could write forever uh, because there's so much to write about growing up in a big family. So I remember having that title in my uh, notes app for a long time. And that week I tried it out on like three other uh, co-writes and it never came to anything. And then that day I walked into a room with three other Canadians, actually, uh, Simon Wilcox, um, who writes a lot of my favorite Lennon Stella stuff. So I was for, excited for that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordy Sampson and Togs, who write together a lot. And um, I mean, Gordy's an incredible writer. Uh, Jesus Take the Wheel, you know, some pretty crazy songs if you look up his discography. And then Togs is like up and coming Canadian producer who's worked on a lot of cool pop projects in Canada. And so I was like, this seems like a fun uh, crew to try this on. And also they're from Canada so that we speak the same language. (laughs) Um, And immediately they're like, yep, you know, you don't know how much the house can hold until you leave the household. Like we're in, let's do this. And that was a beautiful right because um, some writers, like I said, just show up trying to serve the song as for mm-hmm. like what most people relate to. And some writers show up and they hope to serve the artist and as a result, serve the song. And that day they were totally game to just chase what my story was and dive deep into the details of what it was like to move away young and grow up in a family uh, with seven brothers and sisters and include some of those details in this personal song. And I'm so grateful that they, that they were game to do that. And that's how that song came about. Yeah. What's it like when you play that song to, you know, your parents or your siblings? What What's their reaction? Are they like, oh, yeah, I remember this? Or do they, do they appreciate it? Oh, yeah. Obviously, it's a family affair. Yeah. Every time I, I write a song about home, about my siblings or my little small town or anything that I came from, like, they they hear it. They're, they're the first people to hear it. I, I send it in a group text. I'm like, all right, give it to me straight. What do we think about this one? <laughs> and you'll, you'll get a lot of funny responses. And then like, are you kidding me? You're going to put everything in a song now? Like, thanks for throwing me under the bus there, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, it's fun. And it's just another way to bring the family together and, and, and keep us like, keep us in the loop with what's going on and then also just reminded of like where we come from and it's fun to look back and be nostalgic for sure. 
Yeah, definitely. And and from one household to another, um, you've done something this year that the household world tour, um, which I've absolutely <laughs> loved following along. And um, we've spoken a lot kind of on this show about how important music has been through quarantine and through this year. Um, and you've kind of taken that above and beyond, you know, doing shows from your from your living room and from different rooms in your house and connecting with fans on a different level what was that like for you because obviously touring is a huge part um of of what you do day to day so to be kind of stuck in the house but being able to have a platform to show new music and covers and things how was that different for you and and what kind of did you learn from doing that Hmm. honestly during this time like that was a therapeutic experience for me I think Mm -hmm. that was just as much for me as is as it was for the fans like I I needed that it was an isolating time coming like I had left Nashville and come back to Canada and then kind of got stuck here and after the year that I had in 2019 things slowed down so much and it was like hey what am I going to do to keep myself sane and encouraged and inspired and I knew it was like I got to keep connecting with people And if I got to do that from like my bedroom or the laundry room or the living room, (laughs) so be it. Um, And I think it was also difficult, you know, if I'm being perfectly honest, because in that time, you know, there were some, obviously a lot of um, unrest going on in our world. And it's like, does this feel important enough to, to put out right now and ask fans to take time to listen to this song. And then I just thought of myself as a consumer and someone who wants, who scrolls through Instagram a lot in a day. And I'm like, I love it when my favorite artist will, will post something and it takes me out of the world for a second. It takes me out of the stress that I'm in. And I just get to listen to whatever they have to say or sing. And so I was like, you know what, you just got to do it, girl. And, and it was ended up being a really beautiful way to connect with people and, and hear stories of how they're coping uh, during this time. And it made me feel, I think, a lot less um, alone and isolated during these times. It was cool to, to connect with fans that I had previously made, you know, overseas in the UK or in Germany or Holland, these places that I had just gotten a tour in January, mm-hmm. and I was worried about how do I stay connected with these people, and um, I had so much fun meeting them. I want to keep up with them, and I'm grateful that social media is the perfect tool for that. Yeah, definitely, and within that time, obviously, you're going to gain new fans and old, as you said, and keep connected. Mm-hmm. You've sung a lot of covers. You've sung a lot of songs that, you know, you've, that have been on tour, but you haven't necessarily released a single. Has there been kind of a favorite that you've you've performed that has had a really kind of impactful response over over the year Hmm. yeah I would say there are a few that are in the mixing pot as to what we want to lead with next year that's where I'm at right now I'm going back and looking at okay which ones had the most engagement which people which are people reacting to most um some even go back further than this year um when i first got signed i started doing this thing called what you've been writing wednesdays Mm -hmm. and sharing songs that way as well so i would say i have like a small handful of songs yeah that are favorites definitely i will tell you my personal favorite was um i'll remember you which i watched that and it it really hit me hard that one um so definitely was such a uh i think it's such a great thing you know social media has been amazing through all this um, and artists 
putting themselves out there and connecting is has been amazing um you just obviously mentioned you were on tour at the uh, beginning of this year and you got to come over to the uk you've done so much in the past few years um obviously since you signed cma fest playing at iconic places um the rhyme and the opry has there been something within them years i'm sure as a classic country fan talking of the opry that was huge for you but has there been any events over the mm. past year that really stick out as kind of bucket list moments i can't believe that happened kind of before we got stuck <laughs> in quarantine yeah i i think a few definitely come to mind the the first and like right at the front of my mind is the Opry 100%. Like I said, that's, that's where my country music journey started was admiring um, that everything that it has to hold and, and mean. And so getting to stand in that circle was the biggest honor I've ever had and ever will. Honestly, that, that is the peak, the pinnacle of, of country music success to me. And so I was really thankful to be welcomed in there. And, and I'm, hopeful that I'll be able to return next year. Um, that was a big one, especially being able to have my family there as well. Uh, but touring overseas blew my mind. As someone who like is used to playing back and forth in Canada and the US, like I had no idea what it was going to be like um, playing in the UK and Europe and that rocked my world. Like I want to go back Mm -hmm. so bad the music I, I was like watching the music fans and the way re they reacted to my set and to Chase's Chase Rice who I was opening for it reminded me of like like why I fell in love with music and that's how I feel as a fan and um I just connected with with the people there and and the way they digest music and I'm so like all subscribed to to those fans and I'm so excited to come back in 2021 hopefully mm -hmm. um and and play there and, and grow um a community over there because that is something i want to heavily invest in i i love the lifestyle i love the fans and that rocked my world for sure yeah you will definitely be welcomed back with open arms <laughs> for sure um i i look forward to hopefully seeing you here um soon fingers crossed um, Absolutely. but uh Talking of next year, mm -hmm. obviously everything is still very much up in the air. Um, you were just saying you're kind of in the process of getting things sorted. So is there going to be new music hopefully soon? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good. Coming. It's coming. I'm, I'm excited to dive deeper into this direction of, um, you know, this kind of like feelsy, from the heart, songwritery inspired music and, and keep diving into that corner and just seeing what comes of it. So um, new music to come, hopefully first quarter. Amazing. I know I'll be making it first quarter, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, I really look forward to hearing it. Um, we are unfortunately going to have to wrap things up, but I do have three questions that I ask everyone that comes on the show. They're the same three questions. Um, my first one is, can you, can you name three songs that you wish you'd have written? I'm sure there's a lot, but <laughs> if you mm. could narrow it down. Yep. I mean, obviously, House That Built Me. I feel like most people 
the interview will say that, but <laughs> truly that song rocked my world. Uh, House That Built Me by Miranda Lambert, Alan Shamblin and Tom Douglas wrote that song. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a song that I love by Lori McKenna that's called The Bird in the Rifle. Yeah, I, I believe that was Caitlin Smith, Lori and Troy Burgess. I have the lyrics uh, typed out and printed over, over my desk in my room. Amazing. And a third, uh, probably Crazy by Patsy Cline. I think that's one of the most timeless uh, songs and I love that Willie Nelson wrote it, I believe by himself. I think it's just beautiful and and romantic and um, sweet. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And then all the threes, could you name three albums that you couldn't live without? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Three albums, uh, probably that Laurie McKenna record, The Bird and the Rifle. Um, honestly, Taylor Swift's albums, when I was growing up, shaped me. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I didn't have that, ta- that Fearless record and go see that Fearless tour, I think I'd be a different artist. <laughs> um, and what's my third one? Probably something by Donovan Woods. I listen to his records top to bottom a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an incredible singer-songwriter and also Canadian. There you go. That's always a bit. Um, and then finally, three artists or writers or producers that you, you haven't had a chance to work with yet, but that you'd really love to work with. Ooh. Haven't had the chance to work with yet. Well, like being a Shania fanatic, uh, Mutt Lang, like brilliant mm-hmm. producer, one of the greatest to ever exist, I think. Um, what else? I would love to write with uh, probably Willie. Just to, just to know what his process is like, that would be incredible. And... Um, who else? Mm, I don't know who that third one is yet. Think about it. There's probably a million that I'll think of once I once I hang up this call. <laughs> yeah, so many, and I'm sure a lot of people would say you as well. So that's always a good thing. Um, oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you and hearing the stories behind the songs. Um, I, I cannot wait for new music, and I really hope we get to see you in person soon, whether it be Nashville or, or in the UK, it'd be great. Um, but thank you so much for being a part of it. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yes, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you in person. Yes, hopefully soon. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. Have a great Christmas too. Thank you, Angie.